0: Let me speak to you a few minutes here, and I want God to do something in your life. I I hope you understand the best that I, I do when I come to the pulpit. I don't want to just speak. I want the Holy Ghost to change someone's life because we can have a speaker we can have some sort of a as I sometimes tease group therapy in here, but we want the Holy Ghost to come in here and the Word to, to divide asunder, the joint of marrows, even down into the thoughts and intents of the heart, and we want His Word to work. This morning, I want to start off by looking at a few people from the Word of God, maybe a character study per se. Let's read from Luke 24, 1. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning they came unto the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them a lot of pronouns in that verse so by just reading that verse we're unsure of who the they and the them are referring to but if we jump down to Luke 24:10 it clears it up pretty quickly Luke 24:10 says it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles, who that's the they and the them. I want to briefly look at these three ladies specifically mentioned by name and mentioned more than once in the Word of God. Let's start with the last mention since there's just a whole not lot not a whole lot about her mary the mother of james matthew tells us just a touch more when he says it, that she was the mother of james and joseph or joseph and again not a lot of scripture written about her not a lot of things in scripture written but what we do know is she she had some boys one of them was known as james the less which could mean james he was younger or james he was a littler guy to differentiate him from James the bigger guy or James the older guy that were in the group with Jesus. Either way, one thing we know about him is that Jesus called James the less to be one of his 12 disciples. There's nothing like someone doing something for your child. And Jesus did something wonderful for Mary's child. Jesus called for James the Less to be one of the 12. I don't want to infer too much, but maybe that was enough for Mama Mary because she too followed Jesus. She was named in Scripture. So she was a prominent woman in the ministry of Jesus. She followed him and saw his miracles, Followed him and heard his teachings. Followed him to the crucifixion and then to the tomb. Devoted, powerful woman of God. Mary, the mother of James the Less. Let's talk about Joanna. We will begin by reading Luke 8, 1 through 3. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, talking about Jesus... Preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom, the twelve were with him and also were with him certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Also with him in the, that went throughout the cities, who he had also healed of spirits, evil spirits and infirmities, was Joanna, the wife of Chusa, who was Herod's steward. Also with them was Susanna and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. Maybe Joanna was one that was healed of an infirmity. Maybe Joanna was one of those who had a a mental illness of some sort and Jesus healed her. Or maybe she was one that, another one that had devils cast out of her like Mary Magdalene. Something seemed to have happened because she started following Jesus. Joanna more than likely had money. She followed Jesus from town to town and helped support his ministry. Her husband was Chusa. He was the manager of Herod and Typhus' estate. This was a lady of means and influence. She was another powerful woman of God. She helped fund the ministry. She followed Jesus. She traveled with the entourage, holy, devoted. She was at the crucifixion, at the burial, some scholars even believe that maybe she, Joanna may have been the key source of information and details given to Luke so he could write his gospel. Again, without inferring too much, it seems that Joanna stepped down from her aristocratic social position when she chose to follow Jesus and associate with his disciples. As with Mary, the mother of... The, the, the mother of James the less. Not a lot's written in Scripture about her, but you can see in just a few ways that this woman was devoted. She loved the Lord. The third woman specifically named in this passage is Mary of Magdala. We know her as Mary Magdalene. It was the location she was from. It's estimated a quarter of all women of that time was named Mary, so you had to differentiate somehow. She has a little more written about her, which we won't go into all too today, but there's a lot more scriptures about her. But this lady, again, is specifically mentioned by name in the Word of God. We just read that in Luke 8 2, it tells us that seven devils were cast out of her. She was another follower of Jesus, dedicated, thankful, devout, and committed. He had delivered her from something she could not get relief from on her own. Nobody else could help her, but Jesus in his compassion who delivered her and set her free from her torment. She followed Jesus, traveled with the group, was a prominent woman among among this following. These three women mentioned by name, Devoted, committed, followers of Jesus, serving in his ministry any way that they could, going with them from town to town. They took care of the needs of his ministry. Maybe they bought the groceries and cooked some meals. Maybe they were good with leftovers and made some succotash for supper. Maybe they made housing arrangements for them as they traveled. Maybe they worked in the nursery and would teach the children while the adults listened to Jesus. Maybe they would go ahead and pass out flyers in the town Jesus was heading towards to have to so to, to people could come hear him speak. Maybe they transcribed his teachings. Maybe one was the bookkeeper that ultimately discovered Judas's embezzlement. We don't know all they did, but we do know their name. We do know they were followers of Jesus. It was these three women that were talked about in Luke 24, 1, where they got up early, very early. They were were maybe up late the night before because the Bible says they were bringing spices they had prepared Maybe they were just so used to fixing breakfast for everybody, they didn't know what else to do but to minister to Jesus up early, bringing something to him, wanting to serve and to take care of Jesus. Even though they watched him crucified, they watched him be buried in that tomb Even though he was dead and they knew it, he was gone. He could no longer teach. Maybe he wasn't the king. Maybe he wasn't the Messiah, the promised one. These three women had to be so disappointed. But can we learn a lesson from these three women? Jesus had done something so tremendous for them. They were so thankful. They loved him so much, it didn't matter that he couldn't do anything else for them. They were still thankful. What a deep love. What a heart of gratitude. Oh, that we would look back over our lives and never forget what he has done for us. Have you ever been in trouble and the Lord rescued you? Have you ever been bound and the Lord delivered you? Have you ever been captured by something and the Lord shook you loose and set you free? Something bothering and tormenting you and God took care of it? When we begin to reminisce of how good God has been to us, start to just remind ourselves of the trouble he got us out of, that financial situation he worked out, that pit he dug us out of, when we are so overwhelmed at his goodness and gratefulness, we don't care what song's being sung. We don't care who's sitting in our pew. We're not real concerned if the words aren't on the screen fast enough. We are coming from a heart of gratitude. Something wells up on the inside of us, and we just can't keep quiet because he's been too good to us. These women had to be completely shattered and disappointed and confused and sad and disoriented. Who they thought was the one is gone. But even in all of that, they prepared something. They got up early, very early. They were going to minister to Jesus. They were still followers. They were still grateful. They were still worshipers. They were still devoted. Let's take a lesson from these women. This had to be the most disappointing day of their life but they still prepared. Your devotion and worship cannot come from circumstances. It must come from a heart of gratitude. And don't tell me he hasn't been good to you. Don't tell me you have nothing to be grateful for. Mary, he called your child to follow him. Joanna, he healed you of an impossible situation. Mary Magdalene, he broke the chains of bondage off of you and set you free. You can't get so busy with life and what it all looks like surrounding you and forget what he has really done for you. Sometimes we need to shake ourselves and prepare something and get up very early. Maybe it's not convenient and maybe it isn't what I feel like doing right now, but we can't ever. forget what he has done for us no matter our circumstances now take a lesson from these women and praise him from a heart of gratitude these three women on their way to anoint the body to protect the body of Jesus please one more time keep in mind it was all over according to them he could no longer do anything so they thought but they still were coming to serve. In all the rush and confusion, they forgot some things. One of them was about the stone. Who's going to move the big stone out of the way so we can get into the tomb? But when they got there, they could see the stone had already been moved. And when they stepped inside the tomb, the Bible says that Jesus' body was not there. The Bible says they were even more perplexed at this. Who had been here? Who moved this stone? Where is the body of Jesus? Then all of a sudden, two men, shining clothes, standing there. Now the women overwhelmed and were scared. They, they bowed down with their faces to the ground. Let's read about this in Luke 24, 5 and 6. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said, the angel said to the women, why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here, but he is risen. Let me stop on that verse now and let me, let me ask you some questions. Are you seeking the right thing in the wrong place? The angel asked, why are you seeking something alive among something dead? The angel did not reprimand them for seeking. Did not reprimand them for what they were seeking. It's where they were seeking for it. Are you seeking to share the gospel but only if you have a pulpit or lectern? Are you seeking more of Jesus, but only at church and not in a closet of prayer? Are you seeking to grow in your relationship with him, but looking to do it on your own strength? Are you seeking to fill that longing, that void, that emptiness inside of you, but you're just looking for people and things to do that? Nothing wrong with what you're looking for. The problem may be where you're seeking it. I even wonder sometimes if we keep going back to where he was. Trying to go back to how it used to be. Or just sort of staying stagnant because we don't know what else to do. Seeking a new blessing in an old place. Seeking a new anointing in an old way. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Listen very closely, you who are jittering right now. This is not saying getting rid of the foundational things. Everything else would crumble if we ever did that. It is saying the foundation should already be established repentance faith in god baptism laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead eternal judgment the writers of hebrew is saying it is time to move on into perfection it is time to grow up everybody it's time to mature in your spiritual walk is what the writer is saying you all shouldn't send me on vacation because here goes There's nothing wrong with how church used to be. But understand, some things may not work in 2022. Nothing wrong with some of the old hymns, but there's nothing wrong with the new songs either. I am in no way saying move any foundation. I am in no way saying move the landmarks. I am in no way saying get out of the word of God. What I am saying is it is time for us to have some things already settled. We should not have to go back and continually establish foundation principles. It is time to build on those principles. It is time to mature on those things. It is time to go on to perfection. Make sure what you are seeking is correct. But also make sure you are seeking for it in the right way, the right area, the right place, with the right motive. Stop seeking things in a certain place when God is wanting to do and take us someplace else. You shouldn't have sent me on vacation. Well, people get the Holy Ghost when well, we didn't have words on the screen, yes? And people get the Holy Ghost when we do have words on the screen. People used to come in church, to church in horses and carriages too. But I'm real thankful for an air-conditioned vehicle. I know I'm being a little bit honoring. and I don't mean to re- be disrespectful whatsoever. We aren't moving foundations. We're still going to pray. We're still going to fast. We're still going to read and study the word. We're still going to fellowship. We're still going to lay hands on the stick. We're still going to baptize in Jesus' name. We're still going to preach. You must be born again. We're still going to say, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord. But we may do all that with cars paved in a, lot, in, a, in a lot that's paved in an air-conditioned building with an LED wall with electric instruments and colored lights and never seeing the great speckled bird again. But we're still going to have revival. We are still going to see souls saved. We are still going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. There may be a new method. There will never be a new message. Build on the foundation that we have. But for the sake of the kingdom, build, everybody. Okay. Let me have this one, all right? Work with me. When Peter came to the tomb, the Bible says in Luke twenty four twelve, then arose Peter, ran to the sepulcher, and stooping down... He beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, departed, wondering in himself as to at that which was come to pass. These tombs were low to the ground. You had to stoop down to look in or get in. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna pull this very, very hard, but let me with this one, okay? The angel said to those people, He has risen. Again, maybe we're seeking things beneath us or even just around us, and we need to be looking up. He has risen. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If ye, then be, if ye then being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things around here. We need to be walking in faith. We need to follow the move of the Spirit. We need to be growing And maturing in God. Third time you shouldn't have sent me on vacation. But we need to get way past black church and white church and democratic and republican and that's my song and that's my pew and we've always done it that way and that's how we used to do it. Let's God do a new thing among his people. We've got to be more about the kingdom than the United States. This isn't about my opinion or your philosophy or my preference or your thoughts. Stay grounded in the Word of God. Make sure the foundation is secure and let's seek things above. Let's seek things above. We've got to be a church that flows with the move of the Spirit that welcomes everybody to come meet Jesus, that has an open-door policy to everybody. Let God be true. Let God reign. Move when God moves. Go where God goes. Do what God says. Don't get fixated on things here. Set your affection on things above. He has risen. Let's go back to the account and these three women in Luke 24. I've read verses 5 and 6. Let me read 7 and 8 along with that. Luke 24, 5. And these women were afraid, bowed down their face to the earth. The angel said to the women, why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Then they said, remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee? Verse 7, saying, if you have red letter edition, this is in red. The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day rise again. Eight. And these women oh, remembered his words. Which then begs, you know, my quirky brain, begs the question, how'd they forget? Those are some pretty important words. Those are some powerful, godly, devoted followers of Jesus. And they forgot some of what he said. So specific. I'm going to be delivered into the hands of sinful men. Yep, that happened. We were there. And watch. Oh, it was terrifying. They're going to crucify me. Oh, that was sad. It was, oh, it broke our heart. It was horrible to watch that. And we did. We watched that. And then the third day comes along. I'm going to rise again. Yeah, we forgot that one. I believe when push comes to shove, when chaos is all around, when the pressure of life was getting to them, that may be why they forgot. Jesus told you this in Galilee. He explained it very specifically, everything that would happen. Did you all remember two things and forget the third? Music, come. We're going to wrap this up. I'm no angel. (sighs) But let me ask you what the angel asked them Do you remember what he spoke to you? What did Jesus say? I don't care how bad the storm. Did he not say, I'll never leave you or forsake you? Doesn't matter how fierce the battle is. Did he not say, no weapon formed against you shall prosper? It doesn't matter how bad you think the sin is or how long you've been bound by sin. Did he not say he forgives all sin and cleanses us from all iniquity? Stop looking around here for the answer and look to him for the answer. When these women left the house that morning, they were talking death and chaos and confusion and disappointment and uncertainty but when they started looking up they returned to their house that night speaking life and resurrection and miraculous power and hope and future you may have left your house this morning bound But when you start looking up and encounter Jesus, you can return home completely free. You may have left your house sick this morning, but the healer of all our diseases is in the house this morning, and you can go back well. You may have left your house lost and burdened with sin, But when you begin to look up at Jesus, the Savior of your soul can return and save your soul. But we stop being fixated. We've got to stop being fixated on the here and now, what we feel and see at the moment. And everybody start lifting your eyes a little bit. You can leave here differently than you walked in he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think somebody please remember what did jesus say don't forget what he said don't remember just a couple things what did jesus say stand to your feet and lift your eyes to jesus I know it looks bleak right now, but what did Jesus say? I know it hurts right now, but what did Jesus say? Lift your eyes unto Jesus. Lift your eyes high to Jesus. And remember what he said. I'm the healer. I'm the forgiver. I'm the deliverer. I'm the soul saver. Whatever you have need of. Jesus is in this place.